Philadelphia. Are you ready? This is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast, your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. Welcome everybody to another episode of Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast. And today we have an interview, well to follow up our last interview. Not the interview that you're thinking of, not Bill. That doesn't count as an well, interview, that was just our year-end bullshit. Yeah, that's that's not an interview. He doesn't, he doesn't count as a fucking interview. <laughs> if that's what you all want to hear, come from my mouth. He doesn't count as an interview, goddammit. No, our last interview... Was Kevin Gill from GCW. Commentator from GCW. Yes. And we had him on because, well, we wanted to talk everything GCW, but we also wanted to talk the spot at the Christmas show for GCW between Jordan Oliver and Blake everybody Christian. Everybody up in arms that had everybody pissed off. How come these youngins are doing this? Back in my day, we used to wrestle. We used to get down dirty and wrestle. Spot between Blake Christian and Jordan Oliver. Is that the spot that you're talking about? Yes, the exact spot, yeah. Well, guess what? We already had Blake on. We had Kevin Gill talking about it last week-ish. Yeah. So this week, the man that put out the video, the man that garnered the most amount of heat, we have Jordan Oliver joining us today. It's going to be, well, it's going to be a shit show probably, but in the best possible way. Yes, that's it's a good gonna thing. It's going to be a good shit show. Yes, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. You looking forward to it? Absolutely. I couldn't wait. So why don't we get this thing started right about mm, now? All right, here with us today, the... Recent viral superstar himself, Jordan Oliver. Welcome to the show, Jordan. Yo, yo, what's up? So, before we get into the hot button topics and the, the meat and potatoes of the discussion, why don't you give us a little a little backstory on yourself? Maybe where you started, when you started, why? Okay. Um, actually, it's, it's my uh, my story. How I got into wrestling is pretty funny. I actually started, like, I was backyard wrestling for, like, since I was seven or whatever. And then when I turned 15, we had a crossover event with, like, another backyard brand or whatever. And one of the wrestlers from there had actually just started training. And I wrestled him, and he was like, oh, like, you're pretty sick. Maybe I can get you booked on a show. And then he did. And I wrestled my first independent, my first two independent shows completely untrained. And my first match was like a six-man scramble with like a Sonny Kiss, Casey Navarro, uh, and a few other guys. And then my second match was a tag match against Coco Beware. Wow. That's that's <laughs> random. <laughs> yeah. How did you end up in the ring with Coco Beware? Uh, I just showed up to the show, and the promoter was like, 
oh, I have an opportunity for you. Would you feel comfortable wrestling Coco Beware? And I was like, yeah, of course I'd be comfortable wrestling uh, Coco Beware. <laughs> and it was um, a tag match with me, uh, this guy named TJ Blade versus Jersey Kid and Coco Beware. And then after the match, like, it went pretty well, to be honest. Like, nothing got messed up or no one got hurt. And, like, I don't think anyone even realized that I wasn't trained after the match. And then uh, this guy, Jersey Kid, he was on the other team. He was like, oh, like, you have a lot of potential. Uh, where do you train at and all this stuff? And I was just making up lies. Like, I trained at this place a few times and this place a few times. And then he was like, uh, do you want to come train with me? So I moved in with him at 15 for a whole year. And he took me to like a bunch of different schools like CZW, uh, Warriors of Wrestling, a bunch of schools in New York. And then that's how I really like learned about the business properly through living with him. Hmm, that's pretty crazy. And you said you did this all when you were 15? Uh, say it one more time, sorry. You said this when this all happened when you were 15? Yeah, 15, I thought it would be 16. Wow. That, I mean, that's, that's really young. And, and actually, the funny thing is, more and more we're hearing how young people have started when it sounds like, or what you would believe, you're not really supposed to be wrestling at that point but there's been a lot of people we talk to that that's the case yeah it's it's i think wrestling is getting younger and younger so all right we're gonna hop right to the viral video uh you against blake christian um in voltage lounge in philadelphia and the opening sequence is the um video that you tweeted out and got all the attention that it got um so i mean what do you think? I want to I want to touch on a question before you answer that one. For the people that might not know, and the people that assume that this was in the works for a while, how how long did you have before the show to actually go over the sequence that you guys did in the beginning of this match? Um, I actually arrived pretty pretty late at the building, uh, so maybe maybe like. 40 minutes, maybe less than 40 minutes in the ring to walk through that spot. And still, before we went out, I don't think Blake was 100% on the spot before he went out. So, the people that think that this was a... You guys had this in the in the works for weeks and had this choreographed and this whole segment, you basically did this... Oh, it's absolutely right, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> you, you basically did this right before you went out. So, the people that are jumping down your throat who think that, oh, well, this this isn't this isn't wrestling. This is just choreographed. You barely had time to do anything before the match to even... This was just you going out and performing. Yeah. Yeah, actually, there's a, a spot in the, the the run where I go for Oscutter and I grab him and I'm telling him, oh, this is the this is what's next. So yeah. I think people are... are they have to be idiots to think that we had weeks because he lives in Tennessee... And I live in uh, New Jersey. For us to to meet up in between those times would have been absolutely ridiculous. I just wanted to I just wanted to throw that out there because I feel like a lot of the people that are going to pass judgment on this are, are are thinking that oh well these guys are professionals they must have done this before this is just part of the routine when it really isn't. Yeah, no. I mean. I, I kind of, I do, it's, it's just weird that this one is the one that blew up specifically because 
I don't know if you ever watched like a me versus Casey Navarro match. We I do spots like this all the time. You know, I've done ones that are way more intricate and and way more crazy and whatnot. And this is the one that just happened to blow up, and I think that speaks for the uh, the power that GCW has, really. I uh, I agree with you 100 percent on that. I think that they're one of the hottest indie promotions that are going right now. So they garner most of the praise but they also on the flip side garner a lot of the the negativity that comes with the internet wrestling community yeah sadly that's how that's how that's how it works right yeah unfortunately we're trying to be the the middlemen and spread the word spread the love (laughs) hell yeah so yeah walk us walk us through that the the quote-unquote spot and the match itself I mean, you had very little time to prepare. Were you were you happy before you got any of the backlash? Were you happy with how the match went? Um, I was I was pretty happy with the match. Definitely afterwards, I was like, oh wow, this. So I've actually been wanting to wrestle Blake for a really long time. Maybe uh, two years ago, I saw him on uh, somebody posted one of his matches on that uh, Trashbaggers website. And I, I thought, wow, this guy could be a star one day. And then he, he just blew up randomly. So I was pretty I was pretty pumped for the match. So when we finally got the match, I, I thought it was pretty good, actually. You know, the crowd was super into it. Everybody was that, that was there was saying it was really good. Joey was saying it was match tonight. A lot of people were talking about how good it really was. And then I uploaded the spot off of just like, you know, just, just the post. I really didn't have a, a thought behind it. I mean... Before we went out, I looked at Blake, and this is going to sound free, but I, I said to him, I said, this one might get us a little buzz, dude. Yeah, so, a little buzz, I think yeah. it's just about putting those uh, those good bu- good vibes into the air, really. Now, you, you, you caught the buzz. You caught it from, uh, let's say, some old-timey thought-having <laughs> uh, crotchety oh, yeah. old men. <laughs> now They love to, to hate it. Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on on some of the criticisms that it got? Uh, I mean, first off, any criticism from anybody that was in the ECW, uh, those guys can all suck my dick. Um, Any comments from Jim Cornette, I really really don't have uh, too much to say about because, I mean, like I said, I've been in locker rooms with Jim and I've, in all honesty, sat down with Jim Cornette and been like, do you think this is a good idea? What do you think about this? Because I know the, the mind that he has is very good, but I, I think he was just a, he's just a hateful kind of person, you know? And I, I told him when he said that, I commented back that if I see him in a locker room, I'm going to spit in his face and slap him in the mouth. And then all of a sudden, he wants to get all nice about it. I think a lot of guys in the wrestling business from back then are, they're internet tough guys. Yeah, I mean, and that was the other thing. I think a lot of people... Um, if they're, if they don't hear the reaction, like we were at the event, we were there live and feeling the reaction of the crowd as you guys are going through it is completely different than watching a clip on the internet three days later. Um, it- oh yeah. I mean, even in the middle of the spot when I, I do uh, what do we do? It's like leap and I, I moonsault through his legs, the crowd, everyone started getting up at that point. And that was maybe 30 seconds into a 50 second spot. So Hello? Yeah, you still there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I... You know, that was... Go ahead. That was, you know, that was only halfway through the spot, so... I mean, the people that don't... Obviously, it's hard to 
to hear it, but I think in the video, even without the volume, you can kind of watch and, and you could see the, the people start getting up. Yeah, absolutely. It's then when people start discrediting the number of fans because you didn't sell out the Madison Square Garden or you didn't sell out, uh, I don't know, uh, any big seventeen to 18,000 person venue. When the crowd noise is coming from a 40-person crowd to a 40,000-person crowd, you're there to you're there to entertain that number. It doesn't matter what that number is. And I think people, maybe they recognize it, but they're ignorant to the fact that, look, this isn't, this isn't a WWE-produced show. This isn't AEW-TV. This is, this is what it is. This is independent wrestling, and you're there not so much for the people that are watching. You are for the people that are watching on Fight and the streaming programs, but you're there mainly for the audience at hand. Yeah. Yeah, I think, especially me, I'm a, I'm a live ass. You know, it's cool to see what I can do uh, through the internet or whatever, but there's nothing like seeing, I, I believe this with my heart, there's nothing like seeing a Jordan Oliver or Young Demon Broke match live. I think, uh, especially at GCW, I really get the crowd jumping. People, people, whether they're booing, like mostly booing, <laughs> when I come out there, you know, it's probably one of the loudest reactions in the show. And I mean, you could tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like that's, that's hopefully true. And let's be honest again. I mean, yeah, there was maybe what I think the Vultures line fits a hundred people, hundred fans. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a hundred fans there, right? Yeah. But what about the stream sales? How many people do you think is watching on site? GCW is literally the biggest independent promotion right now. There maybe there could have been a thousand. I don't know the numbers, but maybe there could have been a thousand. There could have been hundreds of thousands. You know, I don't know, but I think the the argument of oh, there was only thirty fans there. The ring was. The ring is five foot five. Like it's completely dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Who that ring's a, a standard size, the normal ring. Yeah, and you know what? Like you said, when you come out and the matches you've had in GCW, we were there Halloween night at Voltage as well, and you and Chris Dickinson and watching him beat the hell out of you, and the crowd loving every second of it. And no matter how badly he beat you, they would chant one more time or tables or, and just love seeing you get your ass kicked because you yeah. invoke that reaction before the match. And then just, you're so cocky and it's just, everyone wants to see it happen. And then Chris Dickinson, for that matter, is probably the perfect guy to do it. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, that match is one of my favorites throughout the year. The, you know, I really, uh, obviously he beat the, the living fuck out of me, but I really love that match, watching it back, and, and like you said, like, seeing and feeling the, the crowd just want, like, oh, fuck, he's really fucking him up. It was amazing. <laughs> now, I wanted to touch on what, what you were saying about uh, garnering heat and whatnot, and I, I put it out there that you're probably one of the top three that I've seen live be able to garner genuine heat from a crowd almost unanimously throughout the whole crowd. I'd say... Definitely unanimously yeah. throughout the whole crowd. Now, uh, yeah. do you feel that with this viral clip and with people jumping to your defense and having your back, do you think that this hurts you a little bit in your, your heel persona? Do you feel like you might actually get some cheers now? or Are you afraid that that might hurt your heel? So, I, I don't think... I was, a little, I, mean, I was a little worried after the Dickinson match. Uh, when I stood up after the match, he got a like a like a little standing O. And I was a little worried then that people would st- 
start coming to to like like me a little bit more. And now I, I was a little bit worried about this, but I, I really sat down and, and thought to myself, like, you know, the the people that like me, they're already gonna like me. I'm I'm a genuine act, you know. Like I think everyone knows what I say and and what I do is is mostly mostly real. So you know, you have guys like Jonesy and like Zach Monday, and there's a, there's maybe a handful of people that I know that are that are big Jordan Oliver fans that. No matter what I did or said, they're gonna like me anyway. And the people that are gonna hate me, they're gonna hate me no matter what. I'm not a, I'm not a wrestler for everybody. Not, not everybody's gonna like me, you know. So I think that in the end of the day, no matter what happens, there's still gonna be at least half the audience will not like me. Now, do you did you find that that came natural to you when you started to develop your your own persona and whatnot? That you you were able to become someone that people hated? Uh, yeah, but I, actually, uh, when I, so my first match, uh, I, like my first year, I was a heel uh, in the business, but then I, I turned babyface, and I, I found that it's, it's really, for me at least, it's really easy to, to get people to react sort of like how I want to, I guess. When you're a heel over a babyface? Um, either or. I think when I'm a babyface at some places, I'm really like, I'm only a babyface right now at maybe one or two places, but the places that I am, the people really, uh, really enjoy me, and I don't really change up my act too much. I think people just like me for the person that I am, and if they don't, they don't like me for the person that I am as well. It seems like the the age group that that maybe the majority don't like you would probably be, I'd say, the thirty plus and above year olds. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. You have that. You have that that entitled young up-and-comer that doesn't want to listen to any of the authority and rightfully so you've pretty much proven it throughout the yeah. pa- the past couple weeks so i mean in that sense yeah i mean the, the older people they they don't like you because they see how good you are and they see how arrogant you are and that immediately triggers them yeah i, I think uh you know, I really think that no matter what happens, people can, they can say, oh, he, he's cocky and he doesn't want to shake hands and all the negatives about me, but people really can't deny that. I've only told, I'm pretty, I'm pretty talented for a 20-year-old, you know, to be honest. And well, we did want to touch on your, um, your stable faction, whatever you want to call it, Young, Dumb, and Broke. Um, it seems like, I mean, the perception anyway is that you guys are pretty close and you have a lot of fun in the business. Um, how did you got? Did you know each other before? Or you just got kind of thrown together. Uh, we actually all know each other from again backyard wrestling. So uh, yeah, we are we all all really really close. I mean, those are my best friends, and I I think probably my at this point my my family. Now, do they travel everywhere with you, or are they just GCW CCW? Uh, for the most part, Young Dumb is together everywhere. I mean, obviously, like MLW, that's the only one that we really don't uh, stick together through. But, but any shows that we can be on together, we always do our best to be on together. So, um, now, we uh, obviously we first started when we saw you for the first time. It was at CZW, and that's where like we couldn't we we couldn't like you. And we actually said the other day, like, I can't believe we're having him on because we hated you. Like hated your guts when we first saw you. And again, to your credit, because you did your job and 
you really got us to. And we like to keep kayfabe whenever we can. That's right. <laughs> but I mean, and but like you said, like just interacting with you, period. Telling that line of being a nice guy to, I mean, most of the people, but then fuck you to the assholes who don't get it or don't get the character or just legitimately think that that's who you are. Is it is it hard to do that from like your personal life to to being in wrestling, or is that just the way you are anyway? Uh, for personally, for me, I, I don't have an issue with that because that is just the character is just, just us. It's just me. It's just I don't. I always say when I go up to certain fans out there, you know, maybe they want a high five. I say I always fuck with the real ones. To me, that means the fans that fuck with me are gonna fuck with me. The fans that don't, they don't. I'm not gonna go out of my way to try to please anybody that doesn't like me. Uh, and I really feel like you know that's been ingrained with me since my childhood. As if I'm not getting something from somewhere, I'm not gonna. You're not gonna try to get that from you. You know, I'm gonna go someplace else and get it. So, if I'm maybe one day, I, I need, I need some positive reinforcement from the fans. I'm not, you know, I'm gonna go to the fans that that I already know that like me. I'm just gonna go to those guys. I'm gonna give them a high five. I'm gonna tell them an eight by ten or shirt or whatever. You know, I don't really have any, any uh, whatever it's called to to get the fans that don't like me to like me because it's not really, you know, a point to it. No you are accepting new fans that do eventually come around to you, or are you saying fuck them no matter what? No, no, if, if there's fans that, that suddenly go, oh, you know what, that Jordan Oliver kid, he's, he's pretty good, I, I like him, or whatever, then that's cool, you know, like me if you like me, but if you don't, then don't, I'm, I really don't, you know what I'm saying, I, it doesn't bother me either way. Like I said, I'm right now, like you said, I'm probably one of the most hated wrestlers in the business, and that's what it's doing positive for me, you know? Yeah, it definitely doesn't hurt to, to garner all this, this genuine heat. Now I wanted to. Yeah. I didn't want to look past it because we talked about all the negatives that happened with this uh, with this viral clip. But there was two very specific names that I wanted to mention that did somewhat sing your praise, give you a little bit of uh, uplifting, and that is Ricochet and Will Ospreay caught wind of this of this uh, of this viral clip and had nothing but good things to say about this. Now how did how did that feel to catch the other side? Do you want me to be completely honest absolutely. right now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was on my I was on my way to a, a show in Atlanta, AWE. And for those that don't know, Will Ospreay is my absolute one hundred percent favorite wrestler in the world. So uh, when he said that, I literally jumped out of my seat and was was very very ecstatic because you know to me Will Ospreay is the best in the world and and you know he's he's really like obviously I wanted to be a wrestler since I was like five or whatever, but. When I saw Will Ospreay, it was just a different uh, feeling for me. It was like, oh my god, like I can do this. Because uh, when Will Ospreay first debuted New Japan against Kushida, he really wasn't that huge. He was pretty similar to the size that I am right now. You know, it's only recently that he's gotten so much bigger. And David Ricochet, obviously, another one that when I first started watching, the first ever independent wrestling match I saw was him and uh, Swan versus Air Fox and Kalisto. And, you know, that obviously changed the game for me. So, is it is easy well maybe not easy but you're still able to quote unquote fanboy out for certain things in wrestling even though you're you're in the business and you see it every day yeah yeah definitely i mean i try not to be like a like you know like fucking a big big mark like if i met wells i would i'll keep myself composed but uh <laughs> this is just me and my my boys so i just i was really really pumped about it and for him to say that you know, obviously, I could have a huge career in the in the junior division. That that's my dream is to compete in Super Juniors and compete in Japan. That's my dream in wrestling. So to hear that was really uplifting for me. It really had a positive effect on my lookout. 
it almost it almost wipes away all the negative just to hear that one thing just from someone yeah. that you, you idolize. You know, it's crazy right before that 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 tweet came like a, you know, after his tweet it was almost all positive. But before that it was maybe sixty percent negative and twenty percent or whatever the other percent is of a uh, positive. So I was literally sitting there I don't know if you had heard of Jackson Stone. But yes. I was with him and I was like, dude, I don't know, maybe I should take this down, like I don't know if it's gonna help me or I really you know, it really seems only bad right now and then ten minutes later there goes Will Osprey, so yeah, good decision to keep that up. Yeah. So, you touched on MLW, and I wanted you to to explain to us. You got signed to MLW contract. Now, what does that what does that entail? Now, are you you're not exclusive, obviously, to MLW. That that just means that you work from them time to time whenever they need you. Yeah. So pretty much, my uh, my the way my contract looks with MLW is uh, I'm not exclusive at all, but I have a. Uh, I have to take their dates over other dates. Like this weekend, Game Changer's running, but MLW's also running. So I have to, I can't pick, right? You can't go, oh, I'm going to Game Changer this weekend. I have to do uh, the MLW dates over any other date. And I can't wrestle for, like, WWE or Ring of Honor or Evolve. Okay. Okay, so that really doesn't limit you that much. No. I mean, I'm only, like, I'm only 20, so I'm only signed for four years. So, what I know you said wrestling in the in the junior division for New Japan. I'm assuming is that the the end game goal, or is that just a, another stepping stone? Is that just another goal that you have to get somewhere else? So I have uh, maybe I have like a, a list of things I guess, and it's like if this happens, then this could happen, and if that happens, then this could happen. And the goals are uh, I want to wrestle in Japan, and if that happens, then I would love to compete in the best of Super Juniors. And if that happens, I would love to win the best of Super Juniors. And if that happens, I want to be the Super Junior uh, champion. And if that happens, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so far, not realistic. Not not realistic. It's realistic yeah. as long as you have the goals and it's out there in the airwaves, and you're out there performing weekly and showing that. You can do it. I mean, anything is freaking possible nowadays. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I'm only, I've got to be four years in the business, and I'm signed to a major company, and I've wrestled for pretty much all of the main indies minus PWG. So I, I really think at this point anything is possible. Now, speaking on that, you said you've only been in the business for four years. You're only 20 for fuck's sake. What are, or who are some of your opponents that you haven't faced yet that you just are dying to get in the ring with? Uh, I really want to wrestle Michael Elgin. Wow. wow. I really want to wrestle Will Ospreay, obviously. Uh, Tiger Mask would be really cool. And I want to get in there with David Starr again. Huh. Well, Elgin, I think, is the one that kind of took me back. Like, I didn't expect you to say that name. What's, uh, how come? Well, I mean, not not to put you in a box or anything, but um, I, I did expect more of the Osprey type. Um, but again, you work so well with Dickinson, Dickinson that I can see why working with Elgin would be a, a big match for you. Yeah, I, I really love the, the Japanese style overall, and I feel like he's a, a pretty good uh, gaijin that controls that style really well, so I'd love to be able to, to work with him to learn some of the stuff that I... I don't already know, obviously. And he was one of the guys, too, when the spot came out that he DM'd in break and was like, oh, like, this is a really good spot. These are the things that I would have changed. But you don't have to 
change them next time. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. And I really appreciated that. Yeah. No, see, and that's the criticism that, that makes sense. Like, he told you about the spot. He gave you other alternatives. And he's a veteran of the of wrestling. So, you know what I mean? And, and then he even gave you, well, yeah, but if it don't work for you, do you. That's That's everything you could ask for, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. What I didn't understand was that when people were shitting on it, their excuse and their reasoning behind it was, well, if they would have came to me and asked for criticism, like, how would you have known to go to all these people that were criticizing you to ask them for for critiques? Like, how were you to know that beforehand? Like, the people that came out and said, well, I'm only shitting on it because they, they didn't come to me and, and, and ask for any critiques. You know, to, to be honest, this is this is gonna make me sound like a like a young piece of shit in the business, but you know the guys that I saw shitting on it, like uh, C.W. Anderson and Justin Credible, those are guys that I wouldn't want to go to advice for. What what are they doing right now? You know, to be honest, I mean, when I say fuck the best, it's, it's twenty twenty fuck the best all year. I'm talking about guys like that, but they just feel the need. Like I've been in the business for this long. I I did a few things important. Look at me, I'm the man. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to talk to guys that are good guys. I'm going to talk to David Starr. I'm going to talk to TJ Perkins. I'm going to talk to Will Osper. Guys that I know are doing the shit that I want to do, they're going to be helpful, and they're not just going to shit on me to shit on me. No, I, I, I agree with you. I, I'll help bury ourselves right there with you, but I think that they're trying to grasp, grasp anything that they possibly can to stay even the slightest bit relevant at this point. Yeah. I, uh, this is, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, but I... I, uh, I didn't respond to Justin Credible because I didn't want him to relapse from my response. <laughs> Ouch. We'll say that was in the betterment of kayfabe and yeah. keeping it alive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, the Justin Credible stuff really sucks, too, because when he first, uh, when that first, that shit first happened, I was on Facebook and Twitter and all these places telling people, like, guys, shitting on him isn't going to help him, we should be helping him and all this shit. And then he has the fucking the the gall to tweet about me instead of you know find me privately I really I really feel like that's bullshit. No, it is especially if you guys had some somewhat of a relationship before that and you were actually one of his backers to for him to turn around and kind of stab you in the back when you were really weren't warranting it and actually had yeah. his back in the first place. Yeah. So uh, we want to um, thank you for taking the time, Justin. I mean. Not Jordan, Jordan, sorry, sorry, Jordan. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> but uh, we We've never taken part in that. No, we never have. We never will either. But um, thank you for taking the time. We know you're at the gym and and uh, you're swole. Yeah, so we thank you for taking the time out and just uh, talking with us a little bit and explaining your side of that clip and um, and that spot helping us to get to know a little bit more about you, why people should be watching it. And before we let you go, why don't you tell us about some things you got coming up, promote yourself, social media, and all that happy horse shit. But, uh, well, I'm coming up. I, I got my UK debut in uh, February for TNT. That's going to be sick. Obviously, I'm going to be on all the GCW shows that I can make, so you should check out for those. And uh, you should be checking out my social media all the time because I know I'm young, but I'm, I'm here to spread a message for the business that Instagram, 
lot of social media. Now, I recently saw, and I'm going to help you out with the promotion here, that you uh, you put out a couple new tees for Pro Wrestling Tees? Yes, yes I did. So, everyone hop on over, ProWrestlingTees.com. Jordan Oliver's, I believe one is Business Killer, or Killing the Business? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, Business Killer, Game Shit, and then I have a Slowdown Kid. Oh, yeah, the Slowdown Kid, that's my favorite one. That's, that's a good shirt. Yeah, thank you. So, again, we want to thank you for coming on with us, Jordan. Uh, good luck. Hopefully, within the next couple months, you can put out something that tops your last viral video and explode you even more. Well, on this. All right, Jordan, thanks so much, and uh, we'll hopefully uh, we'll be seeing you uh, locally soon. Yeah, thank you so much, there you have it that is our interview with jordan oliver and i gotta say i think if they're listening to that um it might hurt him as a heel because he came off as a incredibly nice guy talking to us uh i don't know i mean in the spirit uh, that is kayfabe, I don't think that it's going to hurt him. I mean, he's that damn good at being a cocky prick. Very true. Yeah, very he's, true. Yeah, you can be as nice as you want outside the ring. That's fine. But when you're in there, you're in the with the crowd, be the cocky prick. Be who everyone knows you as. Yeah. And I think, I think we've all learned a couple things. We've learned, fuck you, C.W. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, just incredible. And fuck you, Jim Cornette. I think that's what I think that's what I took away from this whole interview. I mean, yeah, especially the first two. I mean, I already knew fuck you, Jim Cornette. That that's pretty obvious. But to add those two names to the list is actually a little more than I expected. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Nah, I mean, here's the thing. It's it's not really a fuck you to. It is a fuck you to them. But what it what it is is like fuck you for trying to ride off my coattails and trying to keep relevance. Like, that's basically what that was. Yeah. yeah. They're not, re- they're not relevant. No, no, not at all. They're no. not relevant. So yeah. they're riding the young guns coattails to try and keep relevance. So fuck that shit. I'm with Jordan on this one. And not only that, I mean, I can't believe he started wrestling so young and in, in um, starting he these, he is he's 13 still... years younger than us still. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. He is still young. It's not like he's yeah. old now. He is still young, but even as when he started it was amazing. Um and that he to think that 20 years old he's a he's been in wrestling for 4 years already. Yeah, uh, man. So now, if I would have kept the job that I had when I was 15, I'd still be making pizzas for Papa John's. <laughs> God, that would be that would be really sad. Unless yeah. I was like a branch manager or like I was raking in Papa John's money. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much money Papa John's is making now, but yeah. Hey, man, you get on the ground floor 18 years ago <laughs> before all the crazy shit happens. Maybe it's me playing in the Super Bowl instead of Peyton Manning. Is that how that goes? I don't I don't think so. I think it's a little bit of a stretch, a little bit uh, anyway. You mean I have to be taller than 5'8"? That, well, yeah, that, that would help. That would be the first step, I guess. I'm always stifled. Yeah, There's always. always something holding me back. Always. <laughs> but uh, we hope you guys uh, enjoyed the interview with Jordan and um, and learned a few things. Before, 
about him. Before we go, before we go, in case it got a little muffled in there. Yes, yeah. Make Uh, sure you follow Jordan, social media, at Jordan Oliver. Hit up his pro wrestling tees. Grab yourself one of his three new shirts at prowrestlingtees.com. Jordan Oliver. mm -hmm. And continue, Larry. That's all I wanted to say. (laughs) Um, And also, uh, if you want to find anything on Brotherly Love as far as um, any of our streaming services and anything we're on, like and our water polo water polo (laughs) league team uh subscribe do all that good stuff um but you could visit us linktree um slash 215 wrestling all our links are on there for everywhere you need to find us um as well as our pro wrestling tea store um and our instagram and our facebook and everything all there so um we hope you enjoyed the show and uh we'll be talking to you very soon you know what? I think I'm going to go watch old episodes of Supermarket Sweep. What do you think of that? I think it's perfectly random and fits you to a T. I think that's what I'm going to do. Good to Later! Know.